update. Uh, we're hoping to they're going to pour hopefully pour concrete uh, curb and gutter on Friday, followed by the all the flat work in the parking lot. Hopefully next week early. Uh, you saw a picture I sent today of the of the remodel work in the in the building today. They're getting walls put up around the nursery and. I said, you reckon we ought to uh, put some insulation around in those nursery walls, kind of quiet it down? And he said, that'd probably be a good idea. So I think they'll figure that out. Somehow they'll figure out how to get some insulation in there and keep some sound deadening. Huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, so it's moving along. Praise the Lord for that. Everything is uh, moving along uh, in his time, right? Yeah, and my time would have been six months ago, but Lord knows, and uh, thankful for that. So keep praying, and uh, it's fun to watch that uh, stuff move along. We'll be out there tomorrow doing a bunch of stuff. So if you want to come out and watch, you can, you know, or come work, you can, something, whatever you want to do. So, Miss Judy, you can come and make lemonade for everybody. I can. Yeah, that'd be awesome. $5. Five? What? <laughs> That was quick. Quite the entrepreneur over here. Yeah. So anyway, so be be keep same prayer. The the Morleys and the Davidsons they're on the road. They should be back probably tomorrow. They are. They uh, talked to Brother Davidson the other day Monday. They were leaving California Monday, taking three days to get home, taking the northern route, and going through Denver and then through Kansas up north through Topeka and down that way. And uh, I don't care which way you do Kansas, it's it's Kansas. So, anyway, uh, be in prayer for them as they continue on. It'll be good to see them back. And so, all right, <clears throat> Nehemiah chapter 4. You know, it's, you know, we're building over here. I've, we've built a house before. It's like we're trying to finish a house now. And uh, in the building process, you know, there's a, normally, normally there's a process in building. You do dirt work and then you do a foundation and then framing and windows and roof and and uh, finally it's what is called dried in right it's not finished but it's dried in so you can start inside work so the wet on the outside doesn't get on the inside anymore and if you're not careful during many times during the process before the windows go in before the doors go in before that dried in process uh, comes to place um, there are a lot of open areas for all sorts of varmints and vagabonds to get into your house. Now, we've only had a couple vagabonds show up at our house. They didn't stay there, though. We just, they're walking through the woods for some weird reason with shovels and coolers, and that was odd. But, um, <laughs> but you know, you, you come in, and it's wintertime, and it's not dried in, and there's snow, a little bit of snow dusting, all, you know, how much snow we get here. And you see footprints going through the house of animals and things like that. And it's open up to the elements. It's open up to animals. It's open uh, to for somebody to come and take your tools away, which that happened. Uh, weather can get in. And when weather gets in, when rain gets in, you know, some of that stuff's not meant to be wet, right? You definitely don't ever bring sheetrock in before it's dried in, right? It's going to be a mess. By the time you get to it, you'll have to buy more. So the goal is you get the house dried in, right? You get it dried in. You get the windows and the doors uh, on as quickly as possible, which we never did. Uh, you get the roof on, shingled first thing off, and you get it dried in, and then you can continue on in the work. But did you know this? I don't, I'm sure you know this. We've all lived uh, hopefully long enough uh, to know this, that our enemy is constantly looking in our life, in your life, 
He's constantly looking for open doors and open windows to get into our life, to get into our personal life. And what, what is the church? The church is a body, right, of individuals. It's, it's a, it's, it is a, an organism, right? It's a, it's a group. It's a, uh, um, an assembly of baptized believers. As my preacher always said, an assembly of baptized believers coming together to carry out the Great Commission. And it's a body. So here's the deal, what happens. If there are windows open in your life, if there's windows and entryways open in my life, what that means by default is there are entryways, there are openings open in, in the church. And what are those entryways? Well, they are, they are openings for varmints and vagabonds to get in. That's, we could define Satan as a varmint and a vagabond, and that'd be okay. And so there's entries, there's things for that to happen. And when we have been looking here in Nehemiah, we saw the first defense and when attack comes. And because this is what happens when you begin to build for God, you begin to, 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 to do things for God, uh, you know, Satan shows up. And he shows up in various ways. He shows up in tornadoes, doesn't he? And takes the whole church away. And uh, without the pastor, that was good. And uh, uh, long story, you can ask Miss Grace later about that. And, but uh, Satan shows up. I mean, things happen and things show up and things happen. And one of the first lines of defense that we have is, we saw this last week, unity. Unity. Unity is preparation. Unity is. It, it is a defense mechanism. It really is. Uh, unity, as I told you last week, um, if your goal is diversity, you'll never have unity. But if your goal is unity, you'll by default, you'll get diversity out of it. Because everybody diverse is on the same page with the same goal, with the same direction. I was going into a church. I may have mentioned this. I think I did, but I'll say it again because I can't remember. I was going into a church out in California, out in, out in San Jose, large church. And I was walking in on a Sunday morning, and, was, and I began to just look around at all of the people walking into the church. And it was the most exciting thing to see. And there was people that were black, and there were white, and there were East uh, Indian, and there were Filipino, and they were... And watch, you talk about unity. All of these, this diverse group of people, it was the most... I'm telling you, you talk about joy welling up watching this. They're all there for one reason, is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ that changed their life. And I love, oh, it was exciting. That, see, watch, when unity starts as the goal, diversity is a byproduct. But, but if you do what our government's doing today and they want diversity, 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 well, you get diversity, but you don't get unity sometimes. A lot of times you don't. And so when everybody is unified on a certain issue, when everybody is unified on a certain goal, the decision has already been made and it's harder for the enemy to win. Why? Because we're all on the same page, Right? It's hard to do that. Ecclesiastes, we know this. Ecclesiastes, uh, the preacher said this, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 through 12. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, unless it's your older brother, then he'll laugh at you. But woe unto him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. Here it is. We know this. It's so famous. It's a great line. And a threefold cord is what? Not quickly broken. A threefold cord. Right? Israel had made up their mind at this point, unity and unstoppable. You know, you think of a threefold cord. I don't know if this is three or not. I found, I had to go get this today. You know, they say on the package... This thing will hold 113 pounds 
working weight, which means you could probably just dangle it there and it'd be okay for a little while. I don't know how much you could really pick up with this. Who wants to try? Anybody weigh 113 pounds? I bet Scotty does. <laughs> but what you know, I mean, come on, look at this. I came, I came loaded today. If I untwined this thing, look at this. I thought about the last time I braided hair was one of the girls. That's been a while. I think it was Katie. That was a long time ago. But now watch. Will this hold 113 pounds? Well, no. It won't. Why? Because it's, it's all come apart. You know, it's ugh. unity. Right? Unity. That's unified. That's un This is what a church looks like that's not unified. Yeah. When Satan comes, watch, when the weight of, of the world comes, when the weight of Satan comes, it can't hold it. It can't hold it. But this can when we're all on the same page. You've seen some churches, Brother Bob, you've seen them in your pastoring years. They go through some deep, deep waters, deep waters. But I'll tell you what, the church is on one page, and they come through better on the other side, and they come out in victory, and it's a wonderful thing. But there are other churches that have not been unified, and Satan showed up, and they're scattered. They're not here today. They're gone, and they're just, it's a travesty to watch what's happened. Unity. It's so, so necessary. Israel, the, the Jews that were back in the land here, there were some that were already came back in the time of Ezra, right? They had been hanging around. They had the temple built, but the walls were undone. But now Nehemiah is back with his entourage, with this group, and those that are there, and they are unified in building up the wall. But you know what happens with unity? This is the, this is the unfortunate thing. I don't care how unified you are, your unity, our unity, doesn't make Satan run away. He doesn't go, well, by God. Gump, look at that. They're all together. I'll go, I'll go somewhere else. Actually, what you find out is he actually just ramps it up. He ramps it up. And we're going to see this here in the text tonight. You look at verse 7 of chapter 4. Verse 7, But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began, notice that word began, they hadn't been finished yet, began to be stopped, then they were very wroth. If you realize, you go back to verses 1, look what it says in verse 1, it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation. Look what he did here, he mocked the Jews. He mocked them. And then they begin to kind of mock and deride, and oh, that, that wall won't stand. It's not enough. I mean, good grief, a fox would go up and knock it over, you feeble Jews, right? Well, he started by, you know, just making fun of them, right? It went, but now it's escalated here, because now they began to actually uh, build up the wall, and the breaches started to be filled, and they've realized, wow, this isn't working. Now we're going to ramp it up, and it says here in verse 7, here that uh, they were very, very wroth. Verse 1, he was wroth. Now verse 7, he's really wound up. He's not real happy about it at all. Not at all. And so Israel, what have they done in unity? Well, they've disregarded the first attack. Right? Yeah. Why would you guys build over there? Why would you do this? Why would you do that? Why would you take us into debt in a time of... Uh, <laughs> In a time of, uh, of national, uh, what are we in, supposedly in? Um, well, we're in a mess. 
recession. Why would you do that? These are, you know, text messages I get. And uh, why would you do that? Blah, 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 blah. They deride. Opposition. Scorners. Scorners. Can I tell you this? If you have any, any inkling to be a scorner, which I don't... Yeah, I can't think of anybody. Can I tell you there's no remedy for a scorner in the Bible? There's no remedy. You know what it says? Smite them. Get them out. Right. And uh, may God help us never to get there, right? Uh, Israel had disregarded the attack. They'd put it away. They, they, they didn't care about it. They kept building, right? And it went from this. You, you can't build the wall to you're not going to build the wall. I am going to make sure you don't build the wall. Listen, Satan does it in our life as well. He does it to us. You've become a Christian. <laughs> oh, what a loser, right? Then it's like, I'll make sure you don't live like one. I'll dredge up everything of your past. I'll do this. I'll do that, right? Oh, you're going to serve God now? That's wonderful. Oh, you're going to church? You're going to be faithful to the house of God? Isn't that wonderful? Ha, ha, ha. And then it turns to, I'll make sure you don't get to the house of God. Friends of ours, I can't help but remember this. They said they had, uh, uh, Brother Glenn's passed away now, but they said back in their young young uh, married days, they just put a stake in the ground. They were going to church every time. And uh, they were on and off and on and off. And they just decided, we are going no matter what. And uh, Miss Brenda said that first, that first Sunday, there was a bat in the car. They had to get a bat out of the car. And uh, she said, but you know what that, that bat did? It just, just solidified it. And they were determined, we are never missing church again. I mean, what was that? It was opposition. It was from, yeah, you know, just a little bit to, no, you're not. And, you know, say, Satan does that in our life. He absolutely it does. You've been, a, uh, you've been in Christ long enough to know that this happens. We're going to have opposition. He is going to come against us, right? It, it's, we, we don't just have, it's not some little cordial, uh, you know, fencing duel that we you know, take on with Satan or anything like that, uh, right? It's, you know, he wants you out. He wants us out. He wants us gone. Absolutely. He'd love it if you were dead, right? I, I, I've, been, I've thought about this before. I, as far as I can tell, I mean, I can be really wrong on this, but I kind of have the inkling that this is the only opportunity that we really have to glorify God. Two things that we can't do when, we're, when, we, when we get to, get to eternity, right? Glorify God and rejoice in suffering. Right? Big things there. Big things. And uh, you know what Satan? I think he would love it if we were off the planet. I think he would love it if our life was cut short to glorify God. Absolutely. So in verse 8 here, Satan is ready to fight. These men, uh, yeah, same one and the same. They're ready to fight. It's, look at this. It said, and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to Hindered. This is Satan's desire for our life. It is his desire for this church that he fights against it, that he hinders it, that he stops it, that he kills it, that it goes away. Remember when Jesus was warning Peter, Peter said, I'll not deny you. I'll go with you. I will die with you. You know, I will never forsake you. And uh, Jesus told uh, Peter, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan desires to have you that I might sift you as wheat. And boy, he did. That put him totally out of the ministry. He went back to the old, he went back working, went, went and took a job, went back to fishing before Jesus came to him. 
Satan is always ready to fight you. You mark it down. You make a decision. You put a stake in the ground. I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm telling you, it's going to, it's going to show up. It absolutely will. Isn't it good to know? You know, you, you know, there are football teams that have paid hefty fines for trying to figure out what the opposition is doing. Oh, you filmed from there? You're not supposed to film from there. I mean, they will, they will try to read calls. They'll try to get cameras to get, you know, see what the, the op- opposing team is, uh, what the next play is, and try to read it and all these things. You know what? Think about it now. We know Satan's plans. The Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. I mean, I mean for us to really get tangled up, I'm telling you, it really makes me feel dumb because I, I ought to know. We ought to know by now, right? Absolutely. He is ready to fight. We know he's going to fight. But in verses 9 through 11, we are going to see two lines of defense. Two lines of a defense that we have. Look at verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burden is decayed and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversary said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. There's so much chaos. There's so much, listen, there's so much uh, rubbish. There's so much trash. Uh, they won't even see us coming. Can I tell you something? I didn't even mean to get here on this. But when there is chaos and trash in your life, I'm telling you what, it gives you. It gives Satan great, uh, just a... Um, a um, uh, something to hide behind and come up on you a lot easier than he would have. A life in chaos. I always say this, chaos on the outside reveals chaos on the inside, right? And I'm telling you, there's lives in such chaos. And this is what it was looking like here. The trash was piled up. They hadn't got to certain parts of the wall. Remember, they had only started on the wall. And there's some areas and the enemy was going to take advantage of the areas that they hadn't got to yet. Oh, don't miss this. It's going to come in later, right? Hey, listen, when we get saved, the light switch doesn't flip in where everything's gone, right? That one song, um, all my sins are washed away. I gave them up and instantly, you know, he abides, he abides. Great, great hymn. But that one one line is not true. There are things that we did not give up instantly. There are things that lingered around that we hated. I tell you what, if, if you ever, if any true child of God could have one wish in their life, I'll tell you what, it's this, that we'd never sin again, that we'd never disappoint the Lord Jesus again. Uh, I'm telling you, but you know what? It's a process. It's a process. You know what, Satan, we are working on areas of our wall. We are rebuilding areas, right? We, we come into this relationship with Christ with a lot of baggage sometimes, and we're rebuilding, and there are little areas we haven't got to yet. Boy, Satan, he's right there. He'll take, right? He knows what he can, right? He, he may not get you on the drink anymore, but he'll get you on something else, right? He's done with, you know, the wall's built over here, but you've, this one hasn't, you haven't got to yet. And there's two lines of defense. There are, there is an offensive uh, defense and there, uh, is that right, offensive defense? There is an offensive line, line that we take and there's a defensive, all right? Offensive and defensive. Offensive, we would call spiritual. Defensive, I would call physical. Like, we're actually physically doing something. Uh, offensive, I would call this. Here it is in verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God. What is the offensive? Well, that's prayer. It's prayer. 
right? Defensive, it's preparation. We're going to get to the preparation here in a minute. But these are the two areas that we have when Satan comes. This is both, watch, it's both dependence, dependence upon God, and watch, personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. We have something we need to do. Right? Oh, you're a legalist. (laughs) Right? This is how we fight Satan offensively and defensively what is the offensive what is the spiritual aspect of our battle against satan well it's spiritual right we depend upon god what is that it's our prayer life he is our shield he is our buckler he is our high tower he is our defense we go to him in prayer watch and the bible says on uh, well i'm going to get ahead of myself but i but i'm just thinking about it right now where it says when 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 the enemy comes in like a flood the lord will raise up a standard what is a standard it's a battle flag it is god saying i'm ready let's go right? And where does that come? It comes in a prayer life. Notice the first word in verse nine, nevertheless, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God in spite of that. Nevertheless, in spite of that, in spite of the attack, in spite of the, in, in spite of the words, in spite of the, them coming up to the, to get to where the wall hasn't been addressed yet, regardless of the mockings, regardless of the uh, threats, regardless of what is uh, uh, not uh, finalized here, Nehemiah wasn't going to be stopped. And what did he do? He just prayed. He just prayed. You ever been there? Well, I tell you, the enemy is coming in like a flood, right? And you say, Lord... You're going to have to do something like pronto tonto. Oh, that might not be. I don't know if I can say that anymore. You're going to have to do something now. I'm so glad we don't have to get into a long theological discourse and a prayer. Right? Lord, save me. (laughs) Right? I'm sure thankful for that. Yeah. When we go to God in prayer, you know what he does? He's commanded us to. He loves it. Right, you know, we're told to come boldly before the throne of grace, we might find help in time of need. Right, we know that He's an ever-present help. When we go to God in prayer, He steps into the situation. Can I tell you this tonight? God's for you, not against you. He's not against you, folks. He's all for you, and I'm so thankful for that. If God can be for us, if God be for us, right? Who can be against us? I wish you'd just meditate on that for a little while. If God be for us, who can, get, who can be against us? I love that. He's a present help in time of need. When the enemy comes in and, and tries to stop the progress, stop the building, stop uh, the, the conforming to the image of Christ, stop the, the progress that you've made of, of trying to be, uh, of molding your life to be Christ-like, always have this word ready. Always have the word ready. Hey, you ready for this? Nevertheless. Nevertheless, learn to use that. Learn to use that word. Satan says, well, you, you can't live like, the, like a Christian. Uh, well, nevertheless, the word of God says, Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? It's not me, but Christ. So uh, we can. It's possible. It's possible. Satan says, you can't, you, can't, you can't possibly get victory over this in your life. It's been with you far too long. And you might say, uh, Satan, nevertheless, faith is the victory, 
right? That overcomes the world. Amen. Satan says you could never be a, a missionary. You could never be a pastor. You could never do this. And you know what you say back, right? You just say, nevertheless, the callings of God are without repentance, right? He doesn't change his mind. He causes us to will and to do of his good pleasure. Paul said, I thank God for putting me into the ministry. Uh, I'm telling you, when the enemy comes in, watch this. Have your mind made up. Turn your dependence towards God and pray. Pray. That's a spiritual offensive. But we, here we come into the defense. This is what we get to do. You ready for this? This is the physical, this is the defensive side that we do. Look at verse 10. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. I just read this. And our adversary said, we, they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. All that trash, they hadn't got to it yet. And their adversaries watched the open doors, the open windows, the building material. I, I, oh, I said, man, our, our, our house looked like a ghetto for so long. A building material in the yard, not a stitch of grass anywhere, rocks every. I mean, just awful looking, right? And just lots and lots and lots to do, it looks like. And uh, these adversaries thought, oh, we can take advantage of this. We can take advantage of this. We will slow them down. We will stop the building process. We will come up through the walls this way and try to get them over here. But notice, look at verse 12 through 15. Notice what happens here though. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, ten times, from all places when she shall return unto us, they will be upon you. Ten times, we're coming. We're coming. We're after you. You better watch your back. Uh, right. Verse 13, Therefore said I, right, in the lower places behind the wall and on the high places, I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked up and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them, Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. What did he do? He filled the breaches in the wall up with people with swords. It's defensive. He set a defense. Holes in the wall, avenues for the, for, for the adversary, for the enemy to get in and stop progress. Catching it? Yeah. And so what did Nehemiah do? He set them there. People to stop the enemy from coming in. Right. You see there in verse 12, they couldn't get away from this. They, right? They couldn't just be like, I mean, of course the purpose is to keep building, right? They had to finish the wall. They couldn't go somewhere else and build, right? Well, let's go build a wall in China. We, that'd be a great wall. Right? And uh, they couldn't do that. They had to build right where they are. It was the wait. It was the it was is what God gave them to do. Right. Do you know we have to live in this world too? <laughs> you and I, we, we live in this world. And what are we do? What, what what are we doing in our life? Well, we're we are you know 
hopefully allowing God to conform us to His image. We're living a life that glorifies God. But was that, what was that last charge that, our, the, that the captain of our salvation gave us? But to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. Yeah. Can I tell you, we can't reach the lost by coming off the wall. We can't reach the, the lost by coming out of the world and living in a cave or a commune. Well, if I just go live in some cave, and we have a cave, if you ever have problems, you can come live in our cave. But uh, rent is really cheap, 100 bucks a month. And uh, hey, that's our new Airbnb idea. I'll be able to fund all this here. So <laughs> live in our cave. Right? You can't do this. If you're going to, listen, if you're going to reach the world with the gospel, you can't just not reach the world with the gospel and go do something else. And so in order to keep doing what God called them to do before they had the holes in the wall filled up and the issues taken care of, Nehemiah sent people everywhere that the enemy could have gotten in, in the lower places behind the wall, in the higher places. And he said after their families, everybody had a role to play in Israel in keeping Listen, keeping the enemy out. Kind of like a church. Everybody has a role to play. Right. Right at your wall where you are. Everybody has a role to play. You know what happens sometimes though? Sometimes we haven't taken a survey of the, of the, of the wall. Sometimes we haven't taken a survey of our life to see where Satan could possibly get in. We're so busy down here. I mean, that was a big wall. You ever get right in front of something and you're working on something and, you know, maybe you had kids and you're working on something and like over here out of your peripheral, you know, the house was on fire or something like that was going on, right? A lot of times on uh, big, large projects that I'm painting, uh, I have to, I'll be up, you know, sometimes 50, 60, 70 feet up on a lift and on the side of this building and I'll get my lift and if somebody's working with me, I like doing it because it scares them and I'll swing the thing all the way out so you're not near a building you're about 80 feet up there so I can look at the whole thing and see what's going on right I can kind of catch what I and I'm like and sometimes I'll take a photo of it and I can look at it on my phone when I get up close because what sometimes you get tunnel vision don't you you get focused on one little thing and you're missing down here. Hey, sometimes we haven't backed up far enough to take a survey of our life to see where is it that Satan could possibly get in. But here's what I do know is that you already know. You know what it is. You know where it is. You know the open door. You know the wall that you haven't got a chance to build up yet. You know where, where the, there, there, there is access, right? I mean, 30 years ago, we'd just say it was your TV. Now we have to include phone and computer, which we've come to find out is probably worse than the TV. <laughs> maybe the, hey, may, maybe the little part of the your wall down is in your car. Right? I got a couple blocks out in the car wall. I do. People just don't know how to drive. And you're just like, oh, you know. Holy Spirit's like, I hope they don't show up at your church. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> right? Maybe it's your finances. Maybe you've never learned to trust God in giving. Maybe it's your closet, what you put on. Yeah. No, no, there, there's breaches in your life still that you haven't got to. And watch, when the enemy comes in, we've got to fight back. But hold on, if you would just preemptively, defensively put 
a defense of the breach of the wall before you get to it, right? And don't that doesn't mean you just put it off till the day you die either. Boy, that, that could be this illustration could be taken the wrong way. If you put something defensive there, right, it'll keep Satan from getting in. Can I tell you, when you determine to fight back, God will fight with you? Absolutely. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not know war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty, to the, uh, but, uh, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. It's a spiritual battle. It's a fight. When we step up offensively and pray and then move defensively by watching the breaches, right? And taking care of the breaches in the, in, in the, in the wall, God shows up. And you know what happens when God shows up? You, you see what they did here? Back to work. I mean, what's the obvious conclusion of this is if you're not, listen, if, the, if you got windows and doors in your life that are open and access for the enemy to get in, for the adversary to get in, um, and you're leaving that open, you're not, you're not building the wall. You're not growing. You're not where God wants you to be. I think one of the greatest travesties is to watch somebody 40 years on the Lord at about the spiritual maturity of, uh, of a one-year-old. It's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Fill them up. You know why? So you can get back to work. You know, our Father um, promised to conform us to the image of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. That was what was predestined, right? And foreordained and predestined in Christ. We saw that in Ephesians. Wonderful. And uh, he has promised to do that. But when the enemy shows up and we got breaches in the wall we can't build, right? we're not moving forward and we know that. But if you just get those little things, something put there. Right? You say, well, I... I, I, uh, I, I I struggle over here. Well, get rid of it until you don't struggle anymore, right? Well, you don't understand. I, 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 I can't, you know, I, I keep saying this, right? And, uh, well, wash your mouth out with soap. You know, you worked when I was a kid, man. I, now my sister liked it, so it didn't work for her. But, you know, yeah. No, I'm just saying, uh, do something about it until you come to a place of maturity and that's not an issue anymore. Could you imagine the, the alcoholic, right, hanging out at the bar just to go get a Coke to drink? Yeah, if, you know, there, there's, there's a few that say, you know, God took everything and I never had another, and that's wonderful. Uh, that's rare. And it would be absolutely foolish. If you want to build that wall in your life, hey, if you want to put a, a defensive measure there in that, that hole in your, in your wall, you know what you do? You, you wouldn't dare walk 100 feet around the place. Yeah. 
get about a quarter mile from it, and there, there's your buddy. Hey, come on, man. I haven't seen you in like three weeks. Where you been, buddy? <laughs> yeah. You can get back to work. This is what they did. They got, look at this. I don't want to get sidetracked here. Look at verse 15. And it came to pass when our enemies had heard that it was, that it was known unto us, hey, we found out what you were going to do. We, they weren't ignorant of their devices. And God had brought their counsel to naught. See, God showed up in the midst of it. That we returned all of us to the wall, every one unto his And if you'll notice here, verse 16, it came to pass at the time that from that time forth that half of my servants wrought in the work and the other half of them held both the spears and the shields and the bows and the hebergians and uh, the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. They which built it on the wall and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every one, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work with and with the other hand held a weapon for the builders. Everyone had a sword girded by his side and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. Notice this here. You know what they didn't do? They never set their weapon down. Yeah. Can I tell you while we're living this life, Satan has ruined a many lives about five years out from them going to heaven. Yeah. What a, Incredible testimony yesterday. I guess, was that funeral yesterday? I can't remember my days. And the first gentleman, I don't even remember his name. And one of the last things he said in of, his, of his words about Brother Boonstra was uh, a lot of his heroes, that he had had heroes and a lot of them didn't finish well. And he said, uh, this hero did. And I thought, wow, what a testimony. God help us. Yeah. Satan is the second most patient person there is he will wait an entire life to destroy it yeah. they never put their weapon down they never they never stopped they still had a job to do they still had a wall to build it wasn't done hey crimson avenue let me tell you this we're building we're moving forward spiritually and physically materially But we have an enemy that wants it to stop. Yeah. I think Disney's done a lot of damage to the Word of God. Yeah. Everything, I mean, everything's like just fun and cute and magic and blah, 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 all the way back to, remember Bewitched and I Dream a Genie? They just made satanic and demonism cute, right? And just... And just a harmless, har oh, it's just so fun and cute and harmless. No, this is real, friend. It's real. Satan wants you gone. And he wants this church gone. And he wants it to have a bad name. I remember when a certain pastor up in Indiana went to prison, one of the thoughts that came across my mind, first thing that came across, was you've given the enemies of God an occasion to blaspheme. God, help me to never be there. Or any one of them. Hey, but by the grace of God, there go I and there go you and there go any of us. I know you want to finish well. I know you do. I want to finish well. We're building. We're moving forward. We have an enemy that wants to stop it. 
Absolutely. He's actively looking for the breaches in your life to get into. He knows where they are. Listen, oh, he, uh, he's had 6,000 years to study humans. He knows exactly where they are. And I'm afraid, uh, not afraid, uh, it's, it's a good thing. We know where they are too. We know where they are. We really do. Weak places in our lives. They give Satan access to the body. And if he gets access to us individually, he's got access to the body, the church. So it's our responsibility, offensive, defensive, spiritual, physical. Listen, we've got to fight this. We need to look over our lives. Let's do this. Let's look over our lives, acknowledge what we know, and even get to the place, like I said Sunday, search me, O God, see if there be any wicked way in me. Search us and see where those breaches are, those areas that are still being worked on, that we still haven't quite arrived at yet. And find those places and do what is ever necessary to put something at that breach to keep the enemy from coming in. Why? Because if you get sidetracked with it, you can't build anymore. You can't do it. Got any areas in your life tonight? The Holy Spirit of God has put His finger on something. You know what it is. Maybe you don't even have to put a finger on it. You know what it is. Maybe you're not just you're not overcome with it. Maybe you're not just being run over with it. Whatever it is, maybe. But you, it's still there. You still haven't got that victory that you're you're looking forward to yet. Right? If you see that, would you do this? Pray. <laughs> pray, pray, pray. Put a guard up. However you have to go. You know what Jesus said? If, if your eye offend you, pluck it out. If your hand offend you, pluck it out. You know, you know what he's saying? Or if your hand offend you, cut it off, right? And uh, your eye offend you, pluck it, pluck it out. What is he saying? Um, people are looking for some spiritual pixie dust to take care of, you know, whatever, whatever part of their wall that still is a breach in their life. And it's really not that difficult. If it's a problem, just get rid of it. Actually, that is the spiritual thing to do because Jesus told you to do it. Right? But we, we want to look for some magical thing like, whoa, wow, God, God showed up. Bless God. <laughs> right? Yeah. Put a guard up. And then get back to work. Get back to work. Because we've got a lot to do. There's a lot to do, Judy. You have got a lot. Your list. I've got a list for you. It's huge. Our Father, thank you tonight for a simple reminder. There's a lot here, but it's just a simple reminder. Lord, that as we're building, as you're doing the work in our life, as you're conforming us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, we know it, I know it, most everybody in here knows that there are little breaches in the walls of their life that uh, if the building is going to continue, if we're going to continue to grow, we're going to have to put a guard up for a while. We're going to have to put, a, we're going to have to put some defense up there because we know this, Father, all too well, all too well. Satan knows exactly where it is and he's constantly going up trying to get his way through there. So, Father, tonight, tonight, Lord, would you help us Help us wherever it needs to be. We'd put the defense up that needs to be put up. 
And Lord, that we'd get back to the work of building. We thank you. We thank you, Father, that when we show a, we, we, we uh, get a heart to do this, Lord, that you show up in a mighty way. And we thank you for that as well. Lord, you do that work today and do it in our life. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. Instrument's going to play. However the Lord has spoken to you tonight, maybe he's put his finger on something that you need to deal with tonight. Maybe there's something in your life that you know that where that hole's at and you need to go home tonight and put a defense there. Whatever it is. You're all on the altar of sacrifice. That's really where it starts, isn't it? A yielding, a yielding unto God. Good to see everybody out tonight and have have our guests visiting with us tonight. God bless you for being here. Thank you. And I pray for those that are still on the road, those that are out, and those that are sick. I know Brother Chuck's not here tonight and and uh, some others. So we're down about, what, 50 or so? <laughs> so uh, be in prayer for them, and that'll be great. All right, let's be closing a word of prayer tonight. Brother Earl. Brother Earl, would you close us in a word of prayer today? Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word.